You are Locked On Wild, where it's your Minnesota Wild every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, Locked On Wild. I'm your host, Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. I'm your host just for today because our regular host, Joe Bully, is out today. Uh, he Everything is fine with him. We just weren't able to, to meet up over the weekend. He had a swim meet to go to. He's a swimmer now. He's going to go and do the Olympics. You just uh, you just wait and see. You heard it here first on Lockdown Wild. He had a swim meet to go to. I had a wedding this weekend. Uh, I, I, I was married. I'm not. I got married <laughs> almost two years ago. In fact, it's a good thing I reminded myself because uh, my anniversary is coming up in four months. And I better remember. That's a, that's a that's a sitcom trap that I don't want to fall into. I don't want to be the bumbling oaf who forgets uh, his wedding anniversary. That's a, that's a bad idea. Don't ever do that, kids. Remember your anniversaries. It's so easy now. Just open your phone, put in the dates. And then also I worked this weekend. And, you know, sometimes it gets real tough to do. But don't worry. You're in good hands today. I am going to take you through my brain a little bit. And just uh, just talk about my, I guess, I don't know if it's beefs with the Minnesota Wild community on Twitter, or if it's just you know respectful disagreements. I hope it's uh, I hope it's the former, not the latter. I'm I'm kind of done beefing. I, you know, when I was up and coming in in the scene in the Minnesota Wild Twitter scene, you know, I was more of a I was more of a beefer. I was more of a street fighter. I don't want to be that anymore. I'm a nice I'm a nice person. I'm a nice boy. And I'm going to do nice things, disagreeings. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to be respectful and sort of go against, you know, some of the things that I see online that I'm like, you know, I respectfully disagree with these things. So we'll get there. So this weekend, not a whole lot going on with the Minnesota Wild. I know the All-Star Game happened this weekend. I did not get to see the All-Star Game because of the wedding. I did get to see the skills competition. I did get to see the uh, women's three-on-three match part of it. Sadly, USA did not win, which, you know, that's that's the one time that I get, like, super into, uh, super into, like, rah-rah, go go USA, USA, like, and I get super into that uh, only for hockey. That's uh, that's the best, and and yeah, I don't want to get uh, too much further into that, but that's uh, that's the time to do that. You know, the Olympics. It's always fun. It's always fun to get behind your country in the Olympics, and 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 any international competition, World Juniors, and just see your country crush the other ones. And it's like, yeah, we are better than Canada. Yeah, we are better than Latvia, USA. So I get to do that once a year with the World Junior Championships. I don't do it for the World Championships. I, For whatever reason, it's just like the tournament where playoff not contending teams go when they lose. Like every time uh, every time, like you get bounced out of the playoffs in the second round, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll go to the World Championships. So that doesn't matter to me so much. The Olympics matters a lot because, you know, that is... That is, that is, I mean, it's the Olympics. You can't, you can't not say the Olympics doesn't matter. You know, you've got to, you've got to win the Olympics. You got to win the World Junior Championships as well. That one's very important unless, unless the Minnesota Wild have a prospect there, which was where I was at with Russia. I was, uh, 
I was a very big supporter of Russia this year because of Alex uh, Hovanov. And yeah, I, I, I think that's allowed. You know, you, you, I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm a, I'm a team USA guy, but I'm also a Minnesota wild guy. And if Minnesota wild prospects end up winning the world junior championships and then going on to have productive careers in the state of hockey, I'm, I'm going to choose that over a gold medal. I'm sorry. I'm selfish. It's, it's, it's great to win gold medals and things. It's also great to win the Stanley cup. So I've heard anyway, the, uh, the all-star weekend, I don't think Minnesota had too many moments for the all-star weekend. I don't even know if Eric Stahl participated in an event. If, if he did, I'm very sorry. I didn't get to catch that. I was I was working as well when I was watching the uh, the All Star Skills competition, so I might have missed it. But I did get to see the AHL All Star competition, the skills competition there with uh, with Jerry Mayhew, everyone's favorite minor league boy, Sam Annis, everyone's favorite minor league small goals boy, and Brennan Manel, everyone's favorite mobile defenseman blue line boy. Uh, they were all there, and they uh, they competed in events. I can't remember what Manel did. I think Manel might have done shooting accuracy. I know that Sam Annis did like this uh, this three on zero breakaway challenge, and he looked pretty good on those. But uh, Jerry Mayhew was also there, and he got to partake in the fastest skater competition. And while he did not win the event outright, he was the fastest skater. In the Western Conference. I, I think it's the Western Conference when it comes to the AHL. I don't have it in front of me and I'm not going to fact check it. But super cool to see Jerry Mayhew uh, go out there and, you know, fast guy too. Like, not only can he score goals and, he, man, can he score goals. I think 36, 37 games he has 30 goals in the AHL. He just beat the Minnesota or the Iowa Wild, excuse me, all-time record. I mean, Granted, the Iowa Wild's only like six or seven years old at this point, but still, uh, he scores thirty goals, beating his own record in uh, in a full season with uh, with twenty seven goals he had in a full season last year, and he breaks out in about half the games this year. And uh, and not only is he breaking it, he is he is putting distance between him and the uh, the second place that he also owns. It is it is really incredible. It's at the point now where one goal in the AHL uh, on a given night for Jerry Mayhew is is mundane and boring. It's like give me those multi goal games or don't even update me on Twitter. So uh, it's cool to see uh, see Jerry time do that. One of the funnier things that I saw was uh, was AHL All Star Matt Molson. I did not realize that Matt Molson was still kicking around. I mean, it makes it makes sense, right? Because, you know, just because you're not able to stick it with an NHL team at a point in your career doesn't mean that you're going to quit hockey. You know, you might go overseas. But I don't know how many of of the guys who stick around go into the AHL. And he's been there for three years now. So uh, he's playing in, in Hershey, for those who are curious, uh, the Boston Bruins affiliate. Uh, and if that's wrong, I'm I'm sorry about that. But that was uh that was a weird blast from the past uh thinking back to the uh, the 20 games plus playoff run that he spent in the Minnesota Wild 
in that run where Minnesota got to the second round of the playoffs after knocking off the Colorado Avalanche, the Why Not Us Avalanche. Anyway, woo. I don't need to say that much about Wilson. I don't want to kick him when he's down. It was just like, whoa, he's there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that he's there. Anyway, we're gonna go take a break. We're gonna come back and, and we're going to, uh, we're gonna talk about some beefs that I got with the internet. I'm sure you'll all find this as fascinating as I do. You're listening to Locked On Wild. And we are back on Lockdown Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. Hi, everyone. Tony again. And we are going to talk about one of, I guess, my pet projects of the 2019-2020 season. Matt Boldy. I and, and telling everyone, reassuring everyone that Matt Boldy is still, in fact, good. Now, we all know, if you're a regular listener of the show, you all know that Matt Boldy was Minnesota's first round pick in 2019 the 2019 nhl draft at number 12 overall and you also know that the minnesota wild uh passed on a fellow a small goals boy by the name of cole caulfield who had a pretty good weekend at wisconsin this weekend and has been having a really good season all credit to cole caulfield that this is not a podcast that is going to tell you that Colefield uh is bad that's not the case at all. He had a hat trick this weekend, 16 goals in 24 games at Wisconsin. Real, real good total. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. But I will tell you that uh, that Matt Boldy, who everyone, or not everyone, but a, a lot of people are still, uh, I guess, concerned about or frustrated about uh, Minnesota's uh, selection of him and passing on Caulfield, is uh, is picking things up as of late. And that's not maybe translated quite into the way that uh, that everyone might want or, or enjoy, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that anyway. So we've got uh, Boldy having a pretty good weekend at Boston College. No goals for him, unfortunately. He's still snake bit. His shooting percentage is still sitting at 2.7%, even after snapping his, I think it was 15-game-long goalless streak, or, or maybe even longer. It was uh, it was quite a long goalless streak that he had that he broke to get a second of the year. Usually when that happens for a player who's getting a lot of chances, the floodgates sort of open a little bit. Those floodgates haven't opened quite yet, but he is getting on the score sheet, which is something that you like to see a lot. Uh, two assists on Saturday's game, or Friday's game, excuse me, against Maine. And then he follows that up with an assist in the next game. A combined 15 shots on the weekend in two games. Absolutely ridiculous for Boldy. And I, I just want to give you guys a little, uh, little statistical snapshot of what he's done since the holiday break that the Boston College Eagles went on. They played their last game. They played their last game before the holiday break on the 8th of December. At that time, Boldy had, I'm counting it now, just three points over, I believe, 15 games. Yep, 15 games. So three points over 15 games, getting a a good amount of chances with 42 shots. But, uh, you know, that's, that's that's a hair less than three per game. So good, not spectacular, and of course the uh, the three points, the one goal, two assists, uh, not really inspiring a lot of confidence. But since Boldy came back, 
in the month of January. He has one goal and five assists in the last seven games, shooting 30, I think it's 32 times that I counted, which is almost five shots per game. So he's been absolutely hounding that puck and being super aggressive. And of course, uh, the headline is probably, oh, he's not scoring and this is a concern and, and yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say that, like, you can't be concerned, but I am going to say, again, like, he's, uh, he's, like, he's been all year getting good chances. He's even stepping that up since, uh, he came back from the holiday break. I don't know if that, uh, that did good for him or not, you know, being away at, uh, from the rink, uh, being able to kind of focus on, uh, on, uh, like refocus himself on playing well, I don't know, haven't talked to him or anything like that, but he's still, you know, getting those same chances, like, they haven't, uh, they haven't gone away, in fact, they've redoubled, and I, I kind of want to compare his shot total, uh, which, among freshmen this year, is second behind only Cole Caulfield, right now, Boldy is shooting 3.36 times per game, I'm looking at, uh, some of the, some of the freshmen who have come through, in years past uh that matches exactly what oliver wallstrom the top prospect uh or one of the top prospects of the new york islander system had last year at boston college uh now he is in the professional ranks but he had 3.36 shots per game also you know uh we're gonna we're gonna look at that and see that he did not have very many goals himself that year he just had eight goals Admittedly, his his transition to the AHL could be going maybe a little smoother right now than it is. Uh, four goals and eight assists over twenty seven AHL games, and then uh, pointless in nine NHL games. But you know that that probably just means that he's not ready for the NHL more than anything. Uh, not too high, uh, far behind Joel Farabee in terms of shots per game. What he had last year for Boston University, uh, Farabee had three point five shots per game and now he is in uh he's in the nhl um looking at uh at previous seasons uh brady kachuk two seasons ago as a freshman in boston university had 3.27 shots per game and granted that was his draft year so it's not exactly apples to uh to oranges or whatever you want to call the comparison but i i will say that uh brady kachuk was an older freshman in his draft year, I think he missed the 2000, uh, the, the, the 2017 draft. I think he was born like two days too late for that or something like that. So basically, uh, basically, you know, his age 18 season that he spent in college and Kachuk had 3.27 shots per game. And I think that's an interesting comparison because when you look at Kachuk's numbers, in college, in his one year at Boston University, you'll notice that ah, they don't really jump out at you, do they? Uh, thirty-one points in forty games—that's uh, that's obviously a pretty good total. But you look at his goals, just eight goals, and he shot just six percent. And maybe that's a red flag to you, you know, when you're looking at it at the moment. I know that there were plenty of people who criticized the Brady Kachuk pick uh, instead of picking, you know. Philip Zadina or uh looking at some of the other forwards I mean even maybe Oliver Wallstrom you know uh criticizing Kachuk for having low numbers in college 
But when you look at, you know, what his underlines were in college, like uh, somebody kept track of and posted his underlying numbers in college, they were pretty good. And I would be just as willing to bet that Boldy's underlying numbers look really good because uh, every scout says, oh, he's looking good. So anyway, getting back to that shooting percentage, just uh, just 6% in college in, in one year in college. And this is over 40 games. This isn't over you know, 20, which is where we're at with Boldy. Uh, you, you see that uh, that in the NHL, you know, his shooting hasn't been a problem, has it? He has 37 goals over almost 120 games right now, and he's shooting a respectable 9.6%. So, yeah, I guess my whole thing is still don't panic. Look at him. He's doing, he's kicking it up a notch in Boston College and in, uh, in and I gotta figure that this week is gonna be a big week for Boldy because it is uh, the Bean Pot, and uh, there are some uh, there are some tough games that are gonna be there, and it's a big stage. So hopefully keep an eye on that, and uh, and he'll shine. I hope, and maybe uh, maybe get a couple of uh, goals on the board so he can sprinkle in some goals and kind of quell some of the worries that are going on with him. I mean, like it is on the player to perform, but. Man, you you gotta think that he's better than a than a than a three percent shooter. Anyway, I'm gonna go to a break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about my other low shooting percentage fave, Jules Erickson Eck. You're listening to Locked On Wild, and we're back at Locked On Wild. I'm still Tony. Haven't changed since uh, since you last heard me about a minute ago. And we're going to uh, just keep going on talking about uh, my grievances, I guess, with uh, some of the some of the some of the folks that I've I've seen online. So here's uh, here's one take that uh, that I am going to kind of flesh out and stand by a little bit. My idea that not really an idea, but uh, my long campaign to keep Jules Eriksson Eck. Not just in the lineup, which he has been in the lineup. I mean, he's been in every game. But not just, you know, in his role right now that he's currently occupying as a third-line center, but occupying that second-line center role that I think is just absolutely important. It is crucial, I think, for Minnesota to put him in that second-line role going to the end of the season. Lately... Lately, that role has been occupied by Victor Rask. It was held by Miko Koivu. Miko Koivu sick out of the lineup. Victor Rask kind of steps up into the lineup, uh, gets gets the nod, and is occupying those minutes right now. And he's not done particularly well in those minutes, I would say. No offense to, to Victor Rask, who has been a, a pretty good story this year in, in terms of just like him being like, hey, like I am a playable NHL player, which a lot of people did not think of him last year as. And for good reason, he was not very good last year, but he comes back and he shows up and he tries hard and he works hard and, you know, good for him. He's he's getting some points and and has been uh, has been fairly useful in a limited role, which like I'm all for. I'm not here to I'm not here to bury Victor Rask. But I I will say that his games with uh Kevin Fiala and Jason Zucker not been real good and I was uh, I was at one of those games and I saw him play there and I was like, "Ah, he he just isn't 
he, you know, he he's not the guy that I would want to put with speedy guys like Jason Zucker and Kevin Fiala. Like it, it's kind of a uh, not a mismatch because I I think that only applies to the opponents. But you know, it's not I guess the ideal combination to me. But you know, seeing Jules Eriksson Eck there, I like that a little more, especially since we had a run where uh, Jules Eriksson Eck for a, a couple, two or three glorious games, right, was in between Fiala and Ryan Donato, and that line looked pretty good. It was uh, it was pretty productive, if I recall correctly, which I, I think I do. I think they got some points on the board. There are at least at least one over two games or something like that. Anyway, so a lot of people, and I think Bruce Boudreau is probably in this camp, just judging by his logic, are saying like, "Hey, Jules Eriksson Eck, we didn't really think that we were going to get a lot out of him this year, and you know we got him on that third line, that uh, that geek line with Jordan Greenway and Luke Cunningham." And he looks really good there. And then, of course, uh, Felino steps in for Greenway. And that line looks even better. So people are like, okay, well, you have this third line. And it's working real well. Why would you mess with that? I'm going to tell you why you're going to mess with that. Because, one, you anything that you experiment with now can be undone. Like, it's not going to be... Like, if you put Jules Eriksson Eck in a second-line role from now to the end of the season, that you can't be like, oh, okay, well, this didn't work out, but now what are we going to do with him? There's an obvious path, right? You can just put him back. You can just put him back whatever if it doesn't work out. So I, I think there's no risk at all to to moving Jules Eriksson Eck up in the lineup because it's not like you don't know that he can succeed in the role that he has now. Like he's not going to play the second line. And then, you know, three months later, if you put him back in the third line, be like, Oh crap, I don't know how to play defense anymore. Or however you say that in Swedish, I don't have Google translate in front of me, but like I said, it's not irreversible. You can, you can just go back if it doesn't work, but the reward in seeing if he's a second line center is tremendous, right? Because you're looking at next year and you're like, okay, this is the last year of Eric Stahl. We're probably not going to have Miko Koivu. We're maybe not even going to have Victor Rask, who is our best center in the AHL right now. Ah, you know, we don't want to, we don't want Kyle Rao in here. You know, he's not a second line center. That's not the guy free agency have you looked at free agency it is a mess so either you're going to do something like put alex kovanov in a second line center role which like i'm not i'm not opposed to him being in the nhl next year but i think that that is a lot to give a 20 year old kid remember they uh they tried doing that with mikhail granlin right off the bat and he was i think 21 and no offense to kovanov but Gramlin was the bee's knees overseas. He had all kinds of uh, all kinds of accolades and experience playing against men, which Hovanov does not have right now. And he had some uh, some rough growing pains when just you know handed a second line center role and said saying go get him kid. So yeah, that's that's not the ideal thing. So what do you have? You have Jules Eriksson, this kid that you drafted in. The first round, 
in 2015 and you, you know, maybe passed on some other guys to get him, but you did it saying like, this is going to be a guy who's going to be the next Miko Koivu. Like he's going to be really good defensively. We think that he can uh, chip in on offense pretty good. He was a, he was a real good goal scorer in juniors. Like I think people kind of, not juniors, but in Sweden, uh, when he was coming up, I think people kind of forget that. And, you know, maybe rightfully so because his shooting percentage in the NHL has been pretty rough. It's been six, uh, percent since he, uh, since he came up in, uh, 2016, 17, but this is the role that you got him to fill in, in the first place. And just because, you know, he's succeeding in a lesser role doesn't mean you shouldn't do your due diligence and figure out whether this guy can can do that or not. Like, there's no reason to not see what, uh, what it is. And, and, you know, I think when you're going into the trade deadline as well, you know, uh, Felino might be on the move. Greenway might be on the move. So when you're talking about like, oh, okay, the line that he's on, the line that he's on is working. Why would you do anything with the, with that line? Chances are, and I, I think chances might be pretty good that something is going to be done with that line at the trade deadline, or at least I would strongly advocate for that to happen. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that line, there's a, there's a decent chance at least that that line gets broken up anyway. And I, I just don't get why you're seeing a guy succeed in a lesser role and saying like, okay, that's that's all he can do. That's it. Let's give up. Like nobody was saying that when Nino Niederreiter was succeeding on a third line, right? Everyone was like, this guy needs to move up in the lineup. And guess what? Those people were right. I don't know why we're doing the opposite thing to Jules Eriksson. I don't get it. But that's fine. I don't have to get everything. And uh, I, I think that's gonna do it. Like I've ranted a good amount. I think I think that was a solid show. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Wild. If you want to support the show, you can do that in a few ways. You can subscribe to our show so that you never miss an episode. We'll be putting them out every Monday through Friday, so definitely do that. Tell your friends about it. It's very important, especially early on, that uh, that we get on the radar of your friends. You know, we're having a good time doing this every day, sitting down. And, uh, and, 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 you know, shooting the you-know-what about the Minnesota Wild. So, you know, your friends are going to want in on this, too. They're going to be like, wow, I, I know that you listen to the coolest podcast. Can you tell me what to listen to? And you're going to be like, you're going to listen to Lockdown Wild, buddy. So that helps a lot. Um, trying to think of what else you can do. I know there's some. Oh, there it is. Email our show, LockedOnWild at gmail.com. That's LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Send us questions for the mailbag, and then also send us uh, listeners' choice topics for Fridays. Uh, We do listeners' choice episode where you are in control every Friday of the topics that we talk about, and those have been some of our most fun ones. So definitely do that. I think that is it. I am sorry if it's not, if I messed up, but we'll be back tomorrow and Joe can tell me how lousy I did here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.